Welcome everyone to this evening's service. Thank you all for coming. Um, as Roy explained, uh, tonight Clay will be taking the service and we are really looking forward uh, to sharing in fellowship with you all. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, members from the preaching workshop have been leading a teaching series on 1 John. We want to build upon that this evening and we want to use 1 John to introduce the theme that love came down at Christmas. Uh, we will be looking at God's amazing act of love in sending Christ to us into this world and the impact of Christ's love on those he met, um, but also upon us today. In particular, we are going to be building upon what Dave was speaking about this morning, and we're going to be looking at the challenge of 1 John to love others in response to how Jesus loved us. Why do they put those white fairies on top of the tree at this time of year? And what's with all this glitter? And if I hear the song Frosty the Snowman one more time, I'll scream. Well, this is Christmas time. Those white fairies are supposed to be a representation of us angels. Although I would never wear white, and as for a lacy dress. The glitter and glitz and the corny, irritating songs are all part and parcel of what is commonly known as Christmas in this part of the world. Christmas? But I thought that was all to do with Christ. You'd be right to think that, because it is. But unfortunately, these humans get it all wrong sometimes. I mean, don't get me wrong, Junior. There's nothing wrong with glitter and glitz. Oh, there may be something wrong with those corny songs. But when this surface sparkle takes place, what Christmas is really about, then that is wrong. Tell me again, what is Christmas all about? Mince pies, mulled wine, Santa, carol services, angels, nativity plays? No, no, no. The word Christmas is a contraction of two words, Christ's Mass, and literally means a celebration of Christ. Christmas is the time when Christians all over the world should celebrate the coming of Christ. Why is this so important? Well, since the beginning of time, God created man to be in relationship with him. After the fall, this all went a bit pear-shaped. Sin got in the way. You know how our Lord God Almighty is so holy, perfect, radiant? Well, he could not tolerate sin and sinful humans. Now, Junior, if I was God, I'd have forgotten all about those humans on earth. But our Lord God Almighty is a God who loves a God of compassion and forgiveness. He loved the world he created and everything in it so much that he came up with a plan to rescue those wretched sinful humans. So what did he do? Send messengers to tell them? Set up lots of rules they had to obey? Yes, all that, but more. Those humans really are so wretched that they ignored those messengers and did their own thing. I bet God gave up then. Serves them right. You would think that, wouldn't you? But no, God's love is so deep faithful and far-reaching, that right at the very time the humans fell, he made the humans a promise that he would send a rescuer to bring them out of their sinful state and back into a relationship with him. You can't imagine how much he loves them. So what did he do? Well, you know the Word, the Word who was with God. Yes, the Word who was God, the Word who through all things were made. Yes, exactly. Well, that very same Word became flesh. You mean, became one of the humans? Yes, exactly. That word became a man and lived among humans. He was the one God had promised to be the rescuer. He was the one that God's messengers had spoken about for years and years. He was actually God in his very being. Yet he made himself nothing, made himself a, hu a servant and became human. So you're saying that God, the creator, the powerful sustainer of the whole universe, became a man just so that he could keep his promise to these wretched created humans who rebel against him. You've got it. And although he became a man, he didn't become a powerful rich king to conquer and rule strong nations. He was a superstar then, famous, everyone loved him in the papers. No, no, no. 
Not at all. The Word took on flesh, but he came as a baby. He was miraculously conceived by the Holy Spirit in a virgin's womb, and she gave birth to him, not in a palace, but in a dirty stable full of animals and their filth. A baby who relied on others and other humans to meet his needs. And what did the Lord God Almighty make of this? You just don't get how much God loves these humans. He was actually pleased to have his fullness dwell in Jesus. For only in this way he could bring sinful humans back to himself. Only in this way he could make them, wait for it, his children. And this is why we should celebrate at Christmas. It's absurd. And these humans just don't get it. Maybe they do for a split second, but then it's gone. At Christmas we celebrate Christ. The promise of Christ, the coming of Christ, the person of Christ. Because when we celebrate that, we realise the extent of God's great love for us. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that I did not know him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, words do not express our thankfulness, for your mighty power is at work in us, transforming us, renewing our minds. To you, Father, belongs thanks eternal. This Christmas, we have so many things to praise you for, things seen and things unseen that you have done in our lives. But most importantly, Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Abba, Father, we praise you for your unconditional mercy and boundless love, that through Christ's life and death you have truly set us free. Our sinful and wretched lives are so undeserving of your compassion, yet you loved us so much you sent your Son to die for us. Father, You have made us a new creation, no longer condemned to suffering because of our sins. You have truly saved us. In you, God, there is hope everlasting, and humbly we thank you. Amen. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. You know, you're right. The little Lord Jesus sure was a cutie, even though he was lying in a food trough. Junior, don't get sucked into this image of Jesus just as a little baby, cute, helpless and powerless. Sure, he came as a baby, but he grew up to be the most radical man who has lived on the earth. Everything he did and said came from and demonstrated his love for humanity. You know, Junior, all throughout his life on earth, He showed love to so many of these humans he came across. So many humans who had got themselves in a mess of sin. These people here might tell their story. Unlike the other women, I always went to Jacob's well at the sixth hour. Sometimes to draw water, but mostly out of necessity. Being divorced, not just once or twice, but five times. How else was a single woman supposed to survive here? I was a scandalous misfit of society. What else was I to do? There was no way out of the life that engaged me. No hope. That was until I met him. He asked me for help. At first I assumed he wanted more than water. Why else should an unknown Jewish man address me in public? A Samaritan woman not related to him. He talked about water. 
water that could quench any thirst, but for good. I laughed in this hot and dry land, show me this water. But I felt a surge of shame when he reminded me of my past and present marital status that made others shun me. How could he have known such things and understood me so well? A prophet, I had thought, but what business does a prophet of God have with me? If these people rejected me, surely God would reject me too. I asked him about the Samaritan and Jewish feud. His answer surprised me, for he started talking about true worshippers who worship in spirit and in truth. Why was this man talking to me about such things? What was he after? Yet he caught me off guard, for he spoke with such authority and yet with such concern for me and a deep love that I immediately knew his words to be true. I had left my water jar at the well and moved openly into the crowd, telling of this man who was not like other men, whose wisdom and whose love was unlike any I had known before. Could it be the Christ? I exclaimed. What was I doing? These people hated me, scourged me and rejected me. I was surprised that they even listened to my words. Yet they went to him, saw him and talked to him. And like me, many came to believe that he was who he claimed to be, the promised Messiah, the saviour of the world. Why did he speak to me? Why did he not reveal himself to the priests, to to the religious leaders? He was the only answer I knew is true. His love saw me for who 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 I really was, and yet he loved me. I shouldn't be telling you this. He told me not to tell anybody, but I've already told half the town. I just couldn't keep my mouth shut, because it's just so amazing. Hang on, let me start at the beginning. For years, the only thing I've heard people say is, unclean, unclean. I had to go and live outside the town, leave my family, my wife, my parents, my children. I found some other lepers to live with, but for so long now, it's been a sad and lonely existence. No family, no friends, just lepers. I'd heard of this amazing man, but he is more than a man, for he had driven out evil spirits and healed many sick people. I longed to meet this man because I knew if he healed them, he could heal me, if he wanted. I really hoped he would heal me and not think the same as everyone else. For who would want to heal me, an outsider, religiously unclean, worthless to society, worthless to my family and worthless to God? I heard he was nearby and I had to see him. I didn't care about the laws or what others would say. I just knew I had to see Jesus. As soon as I saw him, I fell to my knees. Everyone in my path slipped away and didn't even look at me as they recognized my leper's clothing. Jesus, however, was different. He looked at me in a way that I hadn't been looked at since this nightmare of a life began. I pleaded, I really begged him and said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He did something that shocked me, something that has not happened to me in such a long time. He reached out his hand and he actually touched me. And everyone knows you don't touch a leper. For starters, you'd be in danger of becoming a leper yourself. Secondly, you would have to go and cleanse yourself for being ritually unclean. His whole face, action and attitudes towards me was full of compassion and love. And his words spoke the depth of his love when he said, I am willing, be clean. Immediately the leprosy was gone. I was healed. As I had said already, he told me not to say to anyone, but it's too amazing. His love and compassion for me when nobody else would treat me this way has to be spoken of. I was really in the depths of grief and despair. I mean, I had nothing to look forward to in my future. No one to provide for me. No one to look after me in my old age. I had no one left. I remember stumbling across in my son's funeral procession, the tears mixing with the dust and streaming down my face. All around me, my friends and relatives were wailing. 
but it was all a blur to me, lost in my grief. Then I noticed a man who stood apart from the crowd. I didn't know him and I'd never seen him before, but what struck me was the deep, genuine compassion and sadness in his eyes. As I passed him, he stepped forward and stopped me. Don't cry, he said, with such great kindness in his voice. Then he strode through the procession which parted before him. He approached the coffin, placed his hand upon it, and said with such air of authority and power, Young man, I say to you, get up. I couldn't believe what was happening. What was he doing? But he seemed to have so much authority that no one dared challenge him. What happened next is beyond belief. My precious only child sat up, and this man Jesus took his hand and led him to me. As I held him in my arms, full of life again, waves of joy, wonder, and disbelief washed over me. Everyone was filled with awe, and we all began praising God. All the people declared, God has come to save his people. But there is more. Christmas is about the coming of Christ. But bound up in that is the fact that Jesus, in order to be saviour of the world, came to die. You see, these humans often refer the nice Christmas card scenes with little baby and forget that the reason this little baby came was so that he would die. You're joking. That sweet little baby only came to die. What did God make of that? What was he doing? Well, this was all part of his plan of salvation. And remember, we can't understand how much God loves these humans. Our brains, and certainly their puny brains, can't take it in. Yes, they can travel to the moon, cure many diseases, invent increasingly powerful technology, but they cannot grasp just how much God loved them. So what happened? Was he murdered in a war? How awful. No, quite the opposite. Men conspired to kill Jesus, but ultimately he gave his own life. He said nobody took it from him. He knew what giving his life would mean for those sinners. It would fix their broken relationship with God and mean that they could have eternal life. Yes, and when you think that it all began with this little baby... Mother Teresa, Thomas Bernardo, Mahatma Gandhi, Nelson Mandela. Don't you love these stories? All these people make me want to be a better person. Jesus' love for others makes me want to be a better angel too. Well, don't you get it? Yes, there have been some amazing people who have impacted the world. But Jesus stands far above each one of them. Jesus was and is creator and saviour of the world. He wasn't just a good, wise man who makes us want to do better. All right, fair enough. That was pretty decent of him to do all that stuff then, because I know it'll take these humans something to be better people. Well, yes, you are right. But for the humans, if Jesus Christ is their saviour, he is also their Lord. These two things go together. They can't really choose the salvation part, but choose to opt out of obedience to him. 
Oh, right, back to the rules again. Yes, obedience all the way. I like that. Nothing like a strict regimental structure to set things straight. What did Jesus command the humans to do then? Well, not so much a body of strict regulations. He commanded them to love God and also to love others. Love for others, just as Jesus loved, is one of Jesus' key teachings by word and by deed. Oh, how lovely. Yes, I love my mother, Angel, and my uncle, James, Angel, and I love you, Senior Angel. Well, yes, but sometimes it isn't so easy to love people. Sometimes humans say they love people with words, but they're commanded to love with actions and to love in truth. At Christmas, humans remember Christ and how God showed his love among them by sending his one and only Son into the world to give life as an atoning sacrifice for their sins. Now that truly is love. And as we celebrate this love of Christmas, humans often forget, often get distracted by the glitz and glitter, that as God has shown such love for humans, humans also ought to love one another. Celebrating the coming of Christ and all that it involves leaves a challenge, that they have been called to love others, and not only those around them at the Christmas table or on their lists of cards and presents, but called to love in word and in deed those who might be different to them, those who have hurt them, and those who have real needs. And by showing such love in such ways and to such extents, God lives in them and through them, and his love is made complete in them. Humans love because God first loved them, and whoever loves God must also love others. Let's stand to sing together again two songs, God of Justice and I Will Offer Up My Life. At this time of year, as we get organized for Christmas, our perspective of who Jesus is can get a little distorted. We are surrounded by cute pictures of Jesus in a manger, with shepherds and animals, and it feels like a great story. But this Christmas, let us not forget, not even for a second, who Jesus really is. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Jesus is the Son of God. He was with God from the beginning of time. In becoming this tiny baby that we, know, that we see so often on the front of Christmas cards, Jesus was fulfilling God's overarching plan of salvation for the world. In becoming man, Jesus sacrificed everything and died for us so that we could be restored to God. He took the punishment for our disobedience against God so that we could enjoy a relationship with God again. The destruction that ultimately should be ours became his, so that we can know God's love and purpose in our lives. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is no ordinary love. This is a love that transforms lives. We heard the stories from those people who came into contact with Jesus. Their lives were changed forever. Jesus was radical in how he loved. He stripped away preconceptions. He ignored stereotypes. He loved without limits. First John challenges us to love in the same way. Dear friends, 
Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. This is love for God to obey his command. Are we obeying his command to love others? I know I love my family, my friends, but others? There seems no limit on who this might be. It seems, in fact, that if we are to follow Christ's example, then we must conclude that there is no limit. It really does mean we are to show love to everyone, not just those we choose. Now that really is a challenge. God calling us to love others because he loved us first. We love because he first loved us. There is no other instruction, no specific guidelines as to who, how and when. We can only assume, therefore, we are to love everyone, in every way, all of the time, because that is what Christ did. We love because he first loved us. We want to leave you with that challenge this Christmas time. At Christmas, we normally make a special effort to show our love to our family and friends. We buy presents, we organize parties, we spend time together, and that's great. But let's love beyond that. Let's be reminded of Christ's radical and transforming love. Love without limits. Let's be reminded that actually, God calls us to love in the same way. Not just at Christmas time, but all the time. In the video we showed you at the start of the service, we asked you the question, how do we show love to others? The answers range from the stupid, not the stupidity, the simplicity of giving a drink when somebody is thirsty, to actually giving ourselves to others, even when that means a personal sacrifice. Once a year, we as a church ask, how can we love you to our local community here? As we say in our flowers, we do this simply because we love God, God loves you, and we want you to know it. It would seem from 1 John that God wants us to ask that question every day in our own lives with the people that we meet. He wants us to ask, how can I love you? Simply because I love God, God loves you, and I want you to know it. We want to give you some time to reflect on this, on God's command for us to love one another to love as Christ loved and to ask God in his grace if he would use us to make a real difference in the lives of others just as Jesus did. So we're going to have a few minutes of silence. During this time we will show a number of images on the PowerPoint simply to remind us of the diversity of the world and the very great need for God's love to be shared. And then Katie would close in prayer. Let us pray. Dear God, you are so amazing and wonderful. You are so loving to us. Thank you for your love that made you want to rescue us by sending Jesus. Thank you that Jesus was willing to come to earth as a helpless baby and experience what life is like for all of us. Thank you for how Jesus lived on earth, for his teaching and for the perfect, exa perfect example he set for us to follow. Thank you that you gave up your son to die for us that we could know you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to love others the way that Jesus loved others. Help us to love those around us with our actions and not just our words. 
Help us to love even in the hard times when it is difficult for us. Amen.